0: okay say something
1: hello adventure love connection risk passion evolution play
0: life the archetypal tarot podcast provocative mythology for the 21st century hello fine listeners sindera and i are back and we're super excited to bring you more provocative tarot insight Especially now that this election has come and gone. Ooh.
1: Aloha.
0: Aloha, we're back together. Oh, live and in person oh, we're here. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's it's been a long time since you know we were actually recording together. Were Were we drunk the last
1: time we recorded together? Was that our drunken podcast? Could be. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We've been on our own interviewing people and stuff. Oh my gosh, that was the last one. So we are here actually in
0: Hawaii. We're on Maui, the beautiful island of Maui. We're no longer in our closet in San Francisco. How weird is that? We're out of the closet now. We're out, (laughs) well. Yes. The proverbial. Uh, archetypal tarot closet. Uh, but yes, I, me, Julianne, I now, I have moved. I went on a grand adventure trying to figure out where I wanted to live after San Francisco. And I miraculously landed in the beautiful island of Maui in Hawaii, which here's an interesting fact that I did not know until after I moved here, is the most isolated landmass in all the world. Like, the whole planet. Interesting. Wow. I know. My mother thinks I ran away. But um, I I was not running away. I was running too. And mm-hmm. I'm massively mm-hmm. in love with this
1: place. Oh, I am so happy for you. And you have the most gorgeous tan going on. Tan. This island looks so good on you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Mahalo. And uh, I, I am learning much about the mythology and the culture here. And... The language is amazing. I mean, this—I could make this whole podcast about my love for the beautiful place that I live in now, the culture that's here, um, and I could totally do that. But Cinderella's here, and she's visiting, which has been magnificent. And she was over on the other island next to us, the Big Island, uh, for a retreat. Um, Doing yoga and doing some wonderful things. I think she'll talk about that. Absolutely. And um, we're going to be a little bit less strictly about archetypes um, and tarot, but certainly talking about um, living, living a good life, using, um, paying attention to symbols, having a dialogue, essentially, because that's what I believe the tarot and archetypes are as a way for us to um, use a universal language of symbols and archetypes in your daily life
1: and I would say if we had a tarot theme for this podcast today it would be the landscape which sometimes gets neglected I would say in the tarot you know we're very focused on the characters that are showing up and we will have some characters for you Pele is going to be coming into this podcast which I'm very excited about but it's also about place we're so inspired about where we are at right now and where we have come from Um, we're acknowledging that that place of place Uh, what influence that bears.
0: Totally true.
1: So, uh, Julianne, when we were first getting to know each other, we were doing a trade, Uh and you were giving me archetypal uh, readings, and I was giving you tarot readings, we were doing this little trade, and I remember you were attracted to the one deck that I knew the least about at the time, (laughs) which is the, the mana cards, power of Hawaiian wisdom which i guess are out of print now i think so i, I don't even have a set but oh my gosh um, they're amazing and uh, you were really attracted to this deck and this is 2011 back in 2011 yeah, yeah a long so time we ago. we did this reading and you had questions around relationships and the the card that came up, and we just recognized it today by the way, because we both drew cards from the same deck again, and the card of Maui popped up again today, and we both recognized it from way back then when we did this first reading yeah um and uh, can you describe this card to us, joanne I will, and you know what I think would it be okay i'll put a uh, we'll put photos on the um the
0: page that goes with this podcast um but the Maui card, which Sandera pulled this morning, um, is it's a beautiful scene surrounded by flowers and greenery. And there is a figure of a man. Um, and he is, he's pretty buff. I'm just going to say that. He's, <laughs> he's, got, he's got a six pack, but he's, he's a warrior, <laughs> sort of a male warrior figure. And um, he is kind of standing on the top of a kind of a mountain next to the ocean. And his. Hands are up reaching up to the sky and you don't see the top of his head because his head is in the clouds and his hands look like they're touching the clouds. So it's this strong masculine figure um, wearing a red kind of loincloth and he's you can tell that he's kind of living between all the worlds. You know you see the physical his feet are on this hill so they're on the earth. And his hands are up in the sky, and, and his he has head, a
1: very fiery loincloth. He has a
0: fiery loincloth. So <laughs> <laughs> you've got that element there. But is it the thing that drew that I really specifically remember about this card um, from what 2011 is that his head was in the clouds, mm. and I thought that was interesting. And in this, to me at the time, because we don't, Sindera's readings aren't literal. They really work with the symbology. You don't you know, move over to the guidebook to see what it means, you yourself, the the person viewing it, work with the images on the card. So I specifically remember being very fascinated by the fact that there was a male figure with his feet on the ground, which means you're grounded, but also reaching to the sky, which to me is a, a sign of, you know, relationship to the divine, you know, reaching up. But his head was in the clouds, which also means he's a dreamer, and that you know, I'm a dreamer as well. So that was all very attractive to me. And um, that was 2011. And I will say that I was asking about, you know, I felt more ready to be in a real relationship with someone to, you know, something a little bit more long term. And I was looking for guidance kind of around what that would look like. And I pulled this Maui card then. And then little Miss Cinderella pulls it today and reminds me of how that reading went. And, wow. Uh,
1: yeah. That yeah. Reading Much has come from so that. Oh yes. my goodness. It's just amazing. The cards just blow me away every time, you know, and, um, and we're not going to say the name of this particular man in your life now, but <laughs> it's very uncanny how it relates to the card. I, all <laughs> all I, will say I, have,
0: I have met my Maui man and, um, nothing that I would have predicted or anything before, but, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty uncanny, and uh, I really want to get my hands on this on this deck. Um, I always have, but they're kind of hard to find, but living here on Maui and really respecting and honoring and learning um, more about the culture. My family has ties to Hawaii for for many years as well, but being here is definitely something um, special. And really, Sindera, what you were saying about place physical spaces. When we have gone over the archetypes of the tarot and the major arcana, we're really doing the Jungian psychology people, the physical, you know, personages that we can see, the characters that show up in the tarot, as well as situations. We've never specifically talked about physicality in Mm. relationship to the symbols in the tarot and just how important that is in life we talk about psychology and things of the mind and things mm-hmm. of the heart and emotions, but physical place mm. is I think your work speaks to you with this the relationship to the stone. To the
1: stone. So we've come down to earth, we're we're coming down into that earth element. And what a I can't think of a more appropriate place to do that than Hawaii, where literally on the big island where I was visiting the land is in progress of being made. The island is getting bigger as we speak. Um, it's a place of stone making of land making, of creativity from that that physical action. It's just unbelievable.
0: and that's some people might be going, "How does that happen?" Well, there's uh, two major volcanoes on the big island, and one of them is highly active, and Cindera got to actually witness this lava bubbling up from underneath the earth's crust and making new planet basically yeah
1: i saw it flowing and and moving its way towards the ocean in fact while i was staying on the big island it crossed over road and into the ocean this particular flow and uh, i hiked out and took a mountain bike for four miles in the dark and witness this amazing event of seeing all of the elements. I mean, how often do you see earth, air, fire, and water all interacting together? It was it was pretty incredible. Uh, I think that means we're gonna have to put some of your pictures and video up
0: on the website.
1: Yes, I would love to share those with you. But that's where Pele. I mean, I really tapped into what. That meant now to you see to mention, her in progress. Now you got to tell people who is Pele. <laughs> oh, who is Pele. She is this amazing uh, creator goddess of the Hawaiian Islands. And she is the creator of the Hawaiian Islands. Um, and she has amazing powers of that creative flow, but also of destruction. So she feels very Durga in a lot of ways. And... I, I think of, uh, I mean, certainly...
0: When, when I think of the gods and goddesses in mythology, I think they're all rays of the same sun, but they are different from each other. Um, but I do think of Durga. Durga is a, a Hindu goddess um, who is a mother destroyer. So she's both. It's that embracing the paradoxical um, power, the relationship of death and life in a continuum. And Pele certainly is um, that to me an in, in, kind of an analog, or, or they're, they're like sister goddesses in that way, that they represent um, life and, you know, destruction together. And they often, um, you look at volcanoes as being a, um, an embodiment of Pele, and Pele's life and fire. She's the fire bringer in the culture. And Hawaiian mythology is amazing, and it's, there's so much to learn. I'm just beginning. And uh, learning hula's and the dance which is storytelling but it's so much more and i did hula back in san francisco for a while and um you know doing doing it here is a whole it's a whole new thing it's a whole deeper story but the pele to me, is the one most people talk about and she she to me anyway feels like she's in charge.
1: <laughs> yeah. She's, I saw that. If yeah. she wants to have a path to the ocean, she's gonna have a path to the ocean and nobody's gonna stop her. I very much felt humbled by that presence of oh, uh she's gonna she's gonna get what she wants. Um uh, but she taught me a lot about um, you know, so like when we approach the cards, we have a question, right? And uh my question was you know, how, where should I be allowing the flow of my lava? Where should my energy, my focus on, I have so many projects, so many things going on, Mm -hmm. right? Where does that energy and where does the power need to focus to? And I think that that's uh, an amazing thing that you can tap into on the islands uh, with all of this around you. Uh, I was part of the Purusha retreat. I just want to put their name in there because it was just an amazing, amazing group of people that came together to explore these kinds of questions. It was the Manifest Your Destiny retreat. Um, highly, highly recommended. And just being with a group here uh, was incredibly powerful and meaningful. And uh, I'm so glad I get to follow up here with Julianne and be here with her after yes. so much changes happen in our lives. And, uh, we're so happy to share that with you now. So what else? It's
0: true. Well, I want to mention too, you mentioned Purusha. Many people have no idea what that is. Oh, yeah. Perusha is a yoga studio and yoga school in San Francisco, where Cinderella still resides. And I have moved from, um, so that's something that we can put in the show notes as well. Um, but, I think going back to the idea of the physical spaces that we inhabit, mm-hmm. um, we are right in midsummer, at least <clears throat> in this part of the world. Uh, it's it's the time of year where it's still summertime, but things are kind of starting to move towards fall. And I think wherever you live, weather is the one thing people talk about, you know, in small talk, because it affects everyone. And it tends to be neutral in terms of politics and religion, weather. Mm. But but I think to talk about how you inhabit the physical space that you're in and the, the, you know, the archetypes of earth, air, you know, fire and water. um, To look at the, the elements and then how you live in that space and how do the animals and the creatures. Now, I was so ready to leave the city so mm-hmm. ready i spent every morning pretty much living in san francisco going out to golden gate park to spend time in trees and to be in nature even though i never left the sound of traffic it was a constant um, mm-hmm. and for me i i knew i didn't i knew i didn't want to live in the city anymore but i didn't know where to go and i just had to follow my intuition i visited portland oregon I, you know i visited. North of there in Southern Washington and went to all these different places. You know, Goldilocks, my friends called me because I was like, mm, this one's not right. It's not this. <laughs> and I had to trust. It wasn't, it, it was not an intellectual pursuit. Mm-hmm. It was not like I was saying, as we cover the tarot, a very, you know, it, it wasn't about my intellect. It wasn't about my mind. I really had to like let the mind go and be more with my body you know, it was hard body. We hope you're enjoying this episode and we invite you to become a part of the Archetypal Tarot team by becoming a patron. It's super easy and there are some awesome rewards for joining. So just visit tiny.cc tarot for more information. And now back to our program. Experience for me and, um, Getting to Maui back in November, um, I really did my brain, my my intellectual side did not did not say that this is the place I was going to be. It's so far away. It's expensive. It's a lot of you know the intellectual reasons why not. But I had to, and was forced to trust my body and
1: my heart mm. to tell
0: mm-hmm. me where I needed to be. And let me just add in terms of the intellect the, in meeting someone and dating, you know, of at whatever age can be difficult, right? It can be even more difficult. And I was told by many people, you don't want to date in Hawaii because it's small islands. Everyone knows everyone else. Everyone's whatever, blah, blah, blah. There aren't very many new people to meet. And, you know, maybe you'll meet a tourist or whatever like that. So I was even discouraged mm. um, implicitly and directly from moving to Maui <laughs> and um, so it was basically like the head and the heart right the head was going you can't possibly move this far away mm-hmm. etc but mm-hmm. I got here and you know showed up to the island and just I didn't know what I was doing I was just okay like, hey, let's just see what happens mm-hmm. and it was a physical experience of a place that I was sick by the end of my two months here I was like there's no question Right. You know, my intellect could fight it all I wanted, but it was just like, no, the, you know, the symbols, how all of that worked together and how the islands are less about people and more about the environment. Everything's sort of turned on its head from living in the city. You know, there really aren't that many sidewalks here. Oh, if you go to Oahu and you go to Honolulu, it's a big city. That's for sure about where I am. Even if I'm in, you know, a seaside town, it is more about the physical space.
1: Mm. And being
0: in that rather than making space for the natural world, which is a lot of big cities, a big park. Switching that around. And so letting go of the intellect, letting go of the need to know. I did almost no tarot work mm-hmm. when I first got here because I didn't want to be inside. I had to be
1: outside. It wasn't saying, about the tarot. It was about the tarot root for was, a while. It was about... <laughs> yes, it was about... The tarot plant. <laughs> Well, as I hear your story, I think it's a really great thing for everyone to take a look at in their lives about, you know, what are the beliefs that are being hold, held on to that are, you cannot do this because of A, B, and C. And the stories that we tell ourselves about why you can't do the things that are deep down really calling you. So I think it's it can be a valuable exploration to to exa- reexamine those stories and and the tarot can help you get a bird's eye view of of the stories the other stories the other possibilities that are available to you. Um, in fact, you know Maui popped up in a card <laughs> almost a decade ago. I wish I would have done a very literal reading. I wish it had been like. You need to move to Maui. There's a man there. <laughs> but I'm sure all these things happen when they're supposed to. You can't just be plopped you know, into mm-hmm. a new place when you're not ready to be there. You have to go through the stages that will ready you for what's ready for you, I think. And so I think that that's really important to examine and explore.
0: Absolutely. And there is I, the sense of timing. The timing's not up to us. What is up to us is honestly being present, you know, coming back to the present moment. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that I was literally taught when I was here before. And actually I took a trip to the big island where it was, it was be present, be present. And there's something about being in nature and remembering that wilderness, wild, the the archetype of the wild. Meaning we are people who walk around and think we're, we've got ourselves and our world under control, but you get out on the ocean on a boat, or you go into the jungle, you you are in wilderness. There's the wildness, you don't have control, and it's, it's scary, and I, I personally, even though I've been scared a few times on hikes or whatnot, you know, flash floods, anything can happen, there's an appreciation of the immediacy of your surroundings, and the deep need for us to be present, that we can't live in our heads all the time. And that the world is wild and wildness is a blessed thing not to be tamed. And I, I think back, it was a year or so ago, when we talk, I talked to Greg LaVoy about his book um, about the nature and nurture of passion. He talked about wildness as being one of those columns, you know, one of those points that like we need to get back into the wild. And, you know, you need to get a little scared. You know, I've, I have, I I call it, uh, I've had my ass handed to me more than a few times by Mother Ocean here. Out swimming or snorkeling when, you know, a wave just comes up and grabs you. (laughs) It's wild, but, so I'm not recommending walking into the ocean if you can't swim. (laughs) (laughs) I can swim, but there are moments where you're just like, whoa, Mother Ocean just decided to like roll me around and smack me down. But it's, it's important to take those moments of awakening to realize that like, we're part of a larger system and it's not all about the mind.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: physical connectivity to things is really, really important. And you've experienced it on the Big Island, and you've been to Oahu before. The And maybe it is, like I was saying, the, we're the most isolated land masses in the, um, on the globe that there is so much that's untouched here because we're so far away. Mm. There's so much that just, you know, the air is pure. um, And and I think the energy is pure in a way and why people really love vacationing here. Sure, it's about the beaches and, you know, the beautiful 85-degree weather and all that, but I I sense it's a little bit more. There's a lot of healing that can be done amongst the wild and amongst the pure Mm
1: -hmm. because...
0: I think just people's mm-hmm. energy is different here. It's forced it to be different. You're disconnected from so much. And that is something that's like you're forced to meditate. Like so many distractions are gone. and The stars are brighter because there's no light pollution. And, you know, how do mm-hmm. you, how do you <clears throat> without necessarily having to come to Hawaii, but it's a beautiful place, but not everyone can do that. How do you... Mm -hmm. you know bring a sense of that sort of you know purity and a sense of place to wherever wherever you're living.
1: You know I heard something interesting about the whole tiki thing that came about Um, it became popular in the 50s Mm -hmm. because and that is the decade when people were really all about the work and going back to work and getting their family set up and post-war yeah yeah, the post-war and and you know, to to try and um, awaken probably unconsciously. Oh, we need to relax. <laughs> you know, this whole fetish fetishizing of the tiki, the tiki imagery mm-hmm. and style and the Hawaiian shirts and the fancy straws and glasses and drinks and things came about. And um, and it was really you know the uh, American society trying to kind of adopt. Oh God! We are really stressing and working a lot these days. Um, how can we get more chill <laughs> and um so without appropriating culture, we got to find ways that we can adopt and bring in you know the a more relax more relaxation, more downtime. I mentioned in our last podcast the book by Hodgkinson. Um, how to be idle, you know, and I think that these are, these are things to keep in mind. How can we tone down the craziness? I know I totally, living in San Francisco, there's just too much to do and so much going on. So uh, I'm really hoping to bring the seed or maybe a tea plant mm-hmm. <laughs> back with me to remind me what this feels like. Ah, oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> Don't so, be jelly.
0: Yeah. I think the, The spirit of aloha, and that's something that we we said at the beginning of this podcast. We started with aloha, and um, that to me, the the spirit of the islands, the word aloha, in popular culture people think it just means hello or goodbye because it is used as a greeting both when people are coming and when they're going, but aloha means so much more. Um, the, The Hawaiian language is um, it's simple in terms of its number of uh, letters and, and it's but its vocabulary but the word so certain words they just they mean a lot more than just one thing in English many times it's just a single word means a single thing but Aloha it's used as a greeting but honestly it's a little bit more of a blessing uh, it means um, compassion and mercy and Sundara and I were talking the other night about Aloha and the spirit of Aloha people live here you see bumper stickers that say practice aloha mm. and that is it's mercy compassion it represents a kinship of people so when you say aloha to a person it's not simply welcome it's a recognition of the of the other person and it's peace it's blessings and when you say aloha either in greeting or when someone's leaving as a salutation it's a blessing mm. and it reminds us that we have the ability to bless And the idea of mercy, it seems like an antiquated word. It really, in our modern language, no one really uses, you don't hear the term mercy, um, with the exception of, you know, Pope Francis has actually made in the Catholic Church the year of mercy. He's made that a theme, you know, for people to come back to it. And it is, you know, I think we are much bereft um, when we aren't addressing or even looking at what the word mercy means. Mm-hmm. It's compassion and forgiveness in, in action. You know, it's healing. Mercy is healing. The spirit of aloha and understanding that that as lived um, is so it's so much more. And that I don't think I have a full grasp on aloha yet, but I am really happy to be trying to live aloha and be a part of that. And um, just so blessed to be in a place, partially because it is isolated um, and was populated by Native Hawaiians are actually, people have only been here 1600 years maybe, and they actually came from Polynesia and Tonga and Samoa and then mixed with Portuguese and um, Filipino and Japanese. So the culture here is, is one that's definitely, it's mixed by nature and there's it's 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 rich because it's so present on the island there it's not as diffuse where maybe you're in North Dakota or you're somewhere else in the world where it's been diffused by a lot of other cultures it's more like things get added on and it's becomes this beautiful tapestry mm. um, and it's got specificity to it too um, that, I, that I just absolutely adore and I'm so blessed
1: Mm, I her. I love the way that I got laid at the airport, <laughs> I must say. <laughs> Thank you so much, Julian. <laughs> she she really did it right, I think. Lay, L E I. L E I. L E I, I think. And he's a nervous
0: about to explain <laughs> what she means, cheeky baby.
1: <laughs> so, I get off the the airline, it's a small little island hopper, and she's right there and um she puts the beautiful lay which is made of the flowers. It's um, a wreath, basically. It's a wreath okay. that goes around mm-hmm. your neck. And, um, and how does it go? We put our foreheads uh, together? Ah, the Hawaiian,
0: yes. Yeah, so, so it's the greeting. So actually, you should be grasping each other's shoulders. Mm. And then you press your noses together. So the noses are flat against each other. And then you take a breath in. You, you breathe in. And um, that's, it's a part of a number of cultures, including um, Hawaiian as well as um, Maori culture. You take a breath. You breathe
1: together. Remind mm. each other that you're breathing together. And then you say aloha. And then you say aloha. And then you say aloha. And I was just reading in the um Monocards book about, you know, it's not just this, you know, thing that's done. When you get there like a well Pretty it's not like the the small meaning of aloha like you were talking about, but it's the the giving of a lay was a significant gesture Where weaved into it was the mana, which is the other word for power, energy, and the trust of the person who offered it. So I take this with full responsibility, Julianne. Uh, You're part of my ohana. Yes, ohana means family. (laughs) Ohana means family. I have to say, I do do like Lilo. There are parts
0: of it that are great. Mm
1: -hmm. But so that
0: the discovery of no matter where you live, and we know we have a lot of um, listeners in Europe and Places that actually have a much longer culture than in the United States. Um, Understanding what are the symbols of where you live? What are the Mm. symbols of maybe you've got itchy feet like me, who's just like, it's time to go. It's time to make a move. What, how do you take a look at what is the language of the physical place that you live? And maybe what does it look like where you're going? And to take, to kind of take that with you, to pay attention to that, I think, politically and everything that's happening in the United States right now, there is, you know, I don't, I think getting back to some of the physical nature of reality and out of the sort of argumentative intellectual place, that's, I don't think that's going to be the answer. I think we need to connect more on a heart level and really kind of understand, um, physical spaces and how, how we are connected in that, um, instead of just looking at what the the divisiveness and the big differences which i think really come from ego you know in the the you know trying to prove that someone's right you know like we're right because we've got facts and the other ones we're right because we're angry um you know so being a part of that solution i think could could be served well by looking at your physical physical space and um What's manifesting in your, in your life, And your, how's your relationship? Check that relationship, space around you, animals, and how well do you get
1: along with geckos?
0: I love them.
1: <laughs> they love. Geckos are my friends. Papaya, they were on the table licking, they were so cute. <laughs>
0: Now oh we God. have to put up a photo
1: of <laughs> the like gecko licking the papaya.
0: My geckos <laughs> are not that social. They just <laughs> hang out and eat the spiders in my house. So I'm, I'm, you know, that's. Oh the my movie. gosh! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so is that? Have we had enough? I mean, we're back. There. We probably won't be in the same physical space for a little bit, anyway. Well, no, I am going to be coming back here
1: probably every year for the amazing manifest your destiny retreat which happens every summer on the big island so i will be coming back for that um and but that will we will have more podcasts before that time yes before much is summer, happening
0: so. and, and all will be revealed in time yes oh you sound so wise
1: uh,
0: i fake it <laughs> <while>. <laughs> um, so mm. I think that's it for now um, both of us I know send aloha to everyone listening um, thank you again for your patience um, we didn't realize that our sabbatical was going to take quite as long um, as it has but um, you know we've been doing this for what, five six years now so
1: no way yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my god it's
0: kind of crazy wow So much love to all of you and do not hesitate to let us know what you'd like us to talk about or whatever by sending us an email, a tweet, something on Facebook, Um, all that info will be right after this. So until then,
1: aloha.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to become a part of the Archetypal Tarot team by becoming one of our patrons. Our patrons are awesome so if you're interested visit tiny.cc tarot for more information and the awesome rewards for joining that's tiny.cc tarot